What's up, fam? Welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers Podcast, episode 56. Woo! I am one of your hosts, John Swanson. Today we will be recapping the digital events from Ubisoft Devolver, Devolver Digital and Stadia. Went, went. Uh, we are recording this on Wednesday? I think so. Wednesday, July 15th. Nailed yeah, it. You got it. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, joining me today are my usual co-hosts, AJID. Hello. How's it going, man? Doing pretty well. And Chris, Salty Sternum Stern. What's up? Hey, that's me. Uh, it's nice to be here. Nice to hear both of your voices. I'm doing well. Are you salty because you're a salty sea dog? That's an old high school nickname that I tried to reclaim as my regular Twitter handle at the uh, salty sternum. I look, <laughs> believe I like it, it or not. Uh, are you salty yes. because I compared your voice to Will Ferrell after he gets shot with a horse tranquilizer in old school? No, I actually took that as a compliment. But it is a compliment. Um, I was a very, very petulant teenager, and so my friends called me the salty sternum. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, you don't, I think, you don't I think have that, that at all. Like I don't get that from you at all. So that's interesting. Yeah, you must is. have gotten out of your uh, emo phase of high school, whereas I still exist in mine. <laughs> Dude, my group of friends used to say salty all the time. That's what you say in the hall. Just be like, bro, why are you so salt? <laughs> yes, very real. So having salty. high school flashbacks all of a sudden. Nice. It's interesting. Well, we'll start with the lowdown. If you want to be part of the conversation or if you have a pressing question that you want to ask us, um, you can reach us at MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter. If you're not on the Twitter or don't care to use it, you can email us at podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. And you can go to our website at mostlynormalgamers.com. Um, Do it. Go there and check us out. It does need some updating. Next time I have some days off that aren't flooded with having to play games to talk to you folks about or watching my son and trying to be a responsible husband and father. Um, you know, maybe I'll edit it. And I think Chris had a great idea for people subscribing to our website uh, is that we'll probably do like a newsletter with maybe some like editorials, like short editorials in it. So we're kind of in the progress of talking about that and what we'll get out to y'all. So go there, sign up and we'll get stuff to you. Eventually you'll get a surprise in your inbox. And please, um, thank you for your excitement. Yeah, please. Please be excited. Please be excited. <laughs> That's my, my favorite thing that Nintendo does. Please be excited for this game <laughs> that we just announced and we don't know when it's coming. <laughs> well, now that we got the business parts out of the way, what are we playing? AJ, you start. You were off last week, I think. Oh, man, what was I playing? I have been playing... FIFA, actually, on my Switch. I picked it up on sale for, I think, $14.99, and I made sure that I wasn't making the same mistake as last time when I bought NBA 2K20, I think, and then realized I couldn't play the career mode without being connected to the internet, which kind of makes it pointless to buy on your Switch, because the whole point of buying it on the Switch is to play it mobile, right? Right. Yep. Yeah, that's a super (laughs) self-defeating Yeah. So I was actually pretty salty about that. Don't ever buy an NBA 2K game on Switch, I guess, is the moral of the story. But with FIFA, you can play your career not connected to the Wi-Fi, which is pretty cool. So I've been playing the career mode where you create a player, and I am 
the center striker, if that is a position, I'm not even 100 percent sure. <laughs> my I lack have no idea. of yeah, my lack of soccer acumen is showing. But I am the center striker. My name is AJ ID, <laughs> and you get to pick like your commentary name, like the announcer says. And they never have ID. I mean, why would they? Um, but they did have Edge. So when I'm like oh, on a breakaway, sweet. they're like Edge on the breakaway. <laughs> That is hardcore. Yeah, it's pretty nice. cool. I play for the Loons, the local Minnesota sports club. Obviously. Yeah. I think their official name is the Minnesota United FC. It's not the Minnesota United FC. Oh. It's Minnesota you, United. Ha, have you been reprimanded for saying the? Uh, you know, we used to have a guy on this podcast named Shane Pavlik. Oh, yeah, I know. He's a huge soccer fan. I don't remember him ever saying not to say the, <laughs> I don't though. think he did. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think I used to listen to a lot of sports radio back in the day, and they used to always talk about it, and somebody else would always inevitably call in and be like, it's not the, it's Minnesota United. Oh, my God. That sounds oh like gosh. such a thing that would happen. Um, I don't want to throw too much shade, but it's like by far the most pretentious subreddit I've ever been in. <laughs> it's the, oh, yeah. The Minnesota United FC. But it's like, put your scarf on and calm the fuck down. I still like them. Are and the I like fans yeah, called cool, lunatics? Uh, they're not. They should be. I, I think the loons is the mascot, right? So yeah, because it's a state bird. If right? they don't call themselves the lunatics, it's a huge fail. Yeah, big missed yeah. opportunity there. Um, aside from FIFA, I'm playing some pretty advanced stuff in Monster Hunter World Iceborne. They just recently came out with a new monster. Well, new to Iceborne. It, it's in previous uh, versions of Monster Hunter which I have not played, but this monster is called Alteron. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> or it's Alatrion, maybe. Uh, but it is freaking impossible to beat. I'm, I'm taking this info straight from the Monster Hunter World wiki. It's a quote here. It's known as a symbol of destruction. People fear even uttering its name. It's rumored to control all of the elements, but most, if not all, Records of its existence have been burned. So, basically, well, what makes this monster so difficult, other than the fact that it's like an elder dragon? Actually, I'm not 100% sure if it's an elder dragon. Don't don't yell at me, monster hunter people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, it can control all the elements, or at yeah, least that's... four of the five, which is crazy. Yeah. And also, there's this mechanic where he does, like, this superpower that just, like, basically explodes, like, the whole arena, because you kind of fight him in this, like, underground, like, magma cavern, and during the fight, there's stages, like, you have to cause enough damage where the super won't kill you. So it's really, like, become a balance of, like, your build, because you have to have enough defense to survive the blast, but you have to cause enough damage to make the blast weak enough to survive. So... To be honest, I tried it probably like 10 times, and I, I haven't beat the monster yet. Um, a friend of mine, Guy Monsad, he's beat it a couple times. So, I don't know, I'm kind of waiting for, for him and Gruchi to get on at the same time, and we'll probably be able to do it all together. But it's been a struggle so far. <laughs> yeah, those, that game's hard, man. I'm, I miss it. I, there was a game, that would be like my, if you were stuck on a desert island and had Wi-Fi or something, that would be my game, because I feel like you could just spend endless hours playing it. Mm-hmm. I just love constantly it. going back. Yeah, it's it's so good. Oh, it's great. 
I, all I did say it on the podcast. I was gonna say Gucci platinumed it finally. He got he killed his Black Diablos that he needed to for. I think he fought like 500 of them or something like that. For the plat? Yeah, for the plat. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very well cool. Done. I but haven't yeah. played Monster Hunter World yet, and I missed my uh, opportunity because I made a friend who's apparently like super, super into Monster Hunter in the last couple of years, but he plays on PlayStation, and my online oh, is all through oh, Xbox Live. So dude, you if know I was what? ever going to find a way to do it. I mean, uh, I, I probably would dabble because I have Game Pass and it's on there for free right now. So if oh, you want to like try it out a I'll bit, I'll play it too. Yeah, we can play. We have a squad of three right it's here. It's true. I would have no like advantage at all other than like knowledge of the game, I guess. So I could teach yeah, you guys. I'd, I'd be in. Is the Iceborne on Game Pass or just the? Oh, that's base a good game? question. I bet it's base game because they'd want you to buy. But I, I mean, don't quote oh. me on that because I don't know. Yeah, that's what I, I would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I w- I would be game to start that that thing all over again, man. That that's yeah. Let us know, Chris, if you want to do that. Cause yeah, we'll have to deal I'd with that multiplayer it. mechanic, the joining yeah. mechanic for the. It ha- you, it hasn't gotten any better. You have to watch the cutscene and then yeah. invite people, and if they haven't seen the cutscene, they can't join you. It's weird. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, well, Chris, we know you haven't been playing Monster Hunter World, but what have you been playing? I've been dipping my toes pretty deep in the well of Final Fantasy VII Remake. I think I'm six or seven hours in at this point, and um, I'm starting to feel like a little bit like there's a conspiracy in the game to put the number seven in as many places as possible, which makes me feel really paranoid. Um, so I didn't like, notice that. Me neither. You, you, no way, really, you didn't. <laughs> because no, um, no, I seriously I, didn't. There's um, just like one example or two. Um, in Seventh Heaven, the bar that's in <laughs> in the Sector Seven slums, you the passcode for them to use their secret elevator is like just a series of the number seven over and over and over again, <laughs> um, which I thought was <laughs> completely comical. Um, it's actually, I don't know if it's meant to be like a subtle callback, but in the original game, if a character's health was all set to seven, 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 or just seven, 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 um, a mechanic kicked in called all lucky sevens that made it. So every attack you did, did 777 damage to an enemy or something more or less like that. Um, and so it definitely reminded me of that. Um, and the other thing that I started like really getting weirded out. Um, because I was killing time as part of one of like the story missions and you get to play this cool mini like 301 dartboard darts game that actually is a really good mini game. I thought it was really, really fun. Um, and I, you know, took me 14 uh, rounds of darts to clear it. And so on the leaderboard, I was like way down at the bottom. And I noticed that in order to get into first place, you need to have seven or fewer darts used because the number one person on the leaderboard has eight. Um, and so, of course, I got it stuck in my head that I would do that. And I had a really, actually, fun time just even playing that darts minigame. It kind of reminded me of, um, did either of you play um, Rockstar Table Tennis back in the day? No. No, I didn't. It just felt like they put like way too much detail into this game of darts. But did either <laughs> of you end up in first place on that leaderboard for it? I think I just played the one time that I had to. Okay. It, Maybe. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, 
Wait, and hold actually, on. I missed this. What, are we, what, what, what dartboard? So in Seventh Heaven, which is like the bar. Oh, that hell yeah. Yeah, no, I maxed that out. I won. I was surprised that that's not a trophy. Oh, I got a trophy for it. I think. Well, then you must have done it, John. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I uh, I loved that. I loved that game. It could be its own game. So one of the big things for me that I'm missing out on is like, I mean, granted, the friend who I used to do this with um, moved cities, but I had uh, several friends who would just go out and play darts at bars and catch up. And that's something that I kind of have been missing during quarantine. So it definitely was like a little touch on that. Like, remember normal life feeling, <laughs> too? Yeah, exactly. yeah, for sure. But yeah, I'm really, really digging the game just as like an update with like the progress. I got to the part where you um visit jesse's family home and like i think she's the main character of this game at this point they've done a really good job of elaborating on kind of her backstory and like hinting at why she would join avalanche and all of this cool stuff and it's all really subtle um almost like kind of like gone home or like another like walking simulator kind of game mm-hmm. um i just think it's it's really well designed and is doing a really great job of kind of addressing some of like in the rear view, people kind of have a couple issues with Final Fantasy VII. And I don't know, I know John hadn't played the original. AJ, have you played FF7, the original, before? I played... I was kind of in the similar situation... Uh, was it you that said this? I don't know where I heard this, but I was in a similar situation as somebody that I heard say this, <laughs> uh, where I watched somebody play back in the day. But I did play, man, what I assume to be probably like three-fourths of it on my okay. phone <laughs> but then i got stuck because i bought like final fantasy 7 on my phone for like 7 7.99 or something like that and it runs great but i got stuck and then i like waited too long to play and went back and like didn't even know where i was to the point where like i wouldn't even know how to google where to go oh word so i got kind of like lost in translation but i liked it i don't want i don't want to go too far from your thought here but john Game of the year so far, Last of Us 2 or, or Final Fantasy 7 Remake for you, uh, not like general, just for you personally. I don't know, man. I think Ori and the Will of the Wisps is still up there in contention oh. also. Oh, I okay, need well, to what play about that be- game. All right, but between those two, if they're, they're your only options. Oh, The Last of Us, I think. You think so? Man, I think Final Fantasy still gets it for me just because they have such like emotional highs and like that it yeah. wasn't in last of us at all it was just downs <laughs> yeah and the combat is so good yeah. in final fantasy 7 and it, yeah. it is great yeah i don't disagree i, th- I think both games for me kind of overstayed their welcome a little bit so i think that's where i would i don't know that just kind of i got burned out i guess mm-hmm. so i'm definitely looking forward to this being like a 45 hour game after the last one i played being <laughs> persona 5 well then you're like in luck because 140 I think yeah i think yeah. it's maybe slightly less than that so uh, completely different scales and magnitudes um anyways yeah, I, i'm gonna sure. actually move on to the the one other game that i checked out that's new this week is signs of the sojourner which is one of the games from that uh humble racial justice and and equity bundle that we had been talking about and uh, it's been getting a lot of really cool word of mouth. I've been seeing a lot of people like getting really excited about it. And so I, I wanted to really intentionally check it out and I'm finding it really cool. All of the verbs in it, you know, the actions you get to take are like all based around having conversations. Um, and it, so it's a, 
card game, but it's about kind of facilitating a good conversation with another person. And the one thing I wanted to touch on is the ability to have all of the interactions be based around different parts of a conversation. And at the end of it, you have been changed by the experience of having that conversation with this person. And so you take one of the cards that they've used in the conversation and then replace one of the cards in your set of cards that you play with, with that. And it kind of talks about like, you know, forgetting this part of you and taking on a new thing that you learned through the process of having this conversation. Um, oh, I only cool. put in, if only it were that easy, <laughs> I know, right. Just take a card out and put a new one in. Uh, Goodbye I, anxiety. <laughs> I scratched, I scratched like the very, very surface of it, but I'm excited to get back to it and, and kind of use it as like a different kind of paced game than final fantasy seven re- remake. Um, I, I'm really curious to see where the story goes, but I just am really impressed by like the the mechanics and like gameplay design just feels really smart and like almost like it's too smart for its own good. And so I'm like really hung up on how cool that is. And I'm hoping that the story like takes me in as well. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a big fan of card games, but I would like to give that one a shot because of the me- I've heard the mechanics are pretty good and like how you converse with people like it's basically testing your conversational skills right like because you can easily turn somebody off or in the wrong direction after you have a conversation with them you know and the backstory if i remember correctly is like your mom passed away and you're trying to save the store in your small town and the town's at at risk of going under so you have to go out into the world and find like new products to sell at your store or whatever kind of yeah you you nailed it you actually had a better recall of the of the story synopsis than i could have given because i don't have my notes in front of me but nice um, yeah uh, it and it, it starts out um you know so it starts out with a flashback as kind of the tutorial of how to play of you having like this meaningful conversation with who i believe is your best friend i don't have the character's name uh at at the top of my mind. Um, and then it flashes forward to 15 years later when your mom has passed away. And, um, this friend is going to stick around and look after the store while you go out with a caravan, uh, to try and keep the business alive. Um, and they kind of do a good job of setting up the stakes of saying, you know, this caravan's no longer going to come by the town to, which has all kinds of economic impacts. Cause they're like a ton of the foot traffic for this small town. If the store doesn't turn around because, you know, they're already doing it as a favor to your mom that they come at all. And it's setting up some interesting stakes and I'm excited to dig more into it. I only put a couple, you know, 10, 20 minutes into it. Um, but I can't wait cool. to play more. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's pretty of, short too. It'd almost be kind of cool if they like made a physical copy of it, like a card deck that they could send out <laughs> like a thing you could buy if you were a big fan of the game. Yeah, I know. I wonder why they don't do that more with, like uh slay the spire i guess this is coming from someone who doesn't play any of these like card games so <laughs> i'm probably you and i both aj are probably like talking and somebody out there's like these fucking idiots <laughs> I don't want to right. up the cards shuffle them yeah, myself exactly what is this it seems like 1995 can... yeah exactly <laughs> John, uh, what have you been playing <laughs> i finished last of us part two and then restarted it again and I don't know if I'll finish it a second playthrough, but AJ and I are going to do a spoiler cast. Um, yeah. 
Chris, if you want to pick it up and beat it in the next like three days, which I totally <laughs> do not recommend at all doing. No, you're more than welcome to sad. join us. But yeah, uh, I'll, I'll take um, 72 hours off from work and <laughs> power through the first one and buy and complete the second one, and I'll be oh, on that. Don't podcast. forget the DLC and the comic books, dude. You got to read those too. Oh man, I got so much work to do. Yeah, I read them, which we can talk about it on the spoiler cast. I don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> need to talk about it here. And I, I've talked about this game on the podcast for like the last three weeks, so I think for people sure. my Dude, thoughts all right. on it. This next I'll game know. I'm curious about though. Yeah. I saw you uh, play. I saw you playing it on your Switch because I always creep on whatever you're playing. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom is kind of like a remake of a game from a remake of a remake kind of. So there was a game in 1989 that Sega put out called Wonder Boy 3, The Dragon's Trap. Um, and then on the Switch in 2017, obviously when the Switch was still pretty nascent, and I mean, everybody was just buying pretty much any game that came out for it, at least, you know, I was. So I bought this game called Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap, which is a remake of the original game and it was fine but i i mean to be honest i fucking hated it like so now they remade it or not remade it it's the same kind of concept you start as like a boy who's like a warrior basically or okay, like is this a, a platformer what kind of game is this yeah it's a 2d platformer okay shocking i know uh, <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah exactly so you start as like this in the Wonder Boy, the Dragon's Trap, you start as this boy warrior who's kind of like protector of a town or whatever, and then he gets a spell cast on him that changes him into like a pig. And then you go fight bosses, and with each boss you uncover the ability to turn into a different animal. So he gets the ability to turn into like a, in Wonder Boy, the Dragon's Trap, the original one, like a dragon, a bird, and a bear. So now, I've always been apprehensive to get this one, despite the fact that it's gotten pretty, it's been pretty well-reviewed and well-received on most platforms, but so was the original Wonder Boy game, so I was apprehensive to get Monster Boy, which is a different, it's a kind of a new take on the same thing, and it's fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) But it's great, man. It's like, it reminds me a lot of like a Zelda game where there's each area that you go to, there's a new it's basically you go to these temples or dungeons and much like a Zelda game, it's there are different ways of uncovering the secrets of the temple based on the characters that you've unlocked thus far. And then it, you know, there's good reason to go back once you've uncovered all six animal types or whatever to go back and replay the dungeons because there's things there left for each character type or whatever. Um, So far, I've gotten like the so again, it's like you start as a boy and then you get turned into a pig and then you turn into a snake and then you turn into a frog and then (laughs) they all have different abilities. Um, Like I said, the puzzles around each dungeon are very different. I, I just like the diversity of each dungeon. It's not like you're going to each dungeon and doing the same thing or it's not redundant really at all. It's not like the. Uh, scenery is just changing and you're doing the same shit it's very diverse in like what you can do and also has tons of upgrades like you can get new swords and boots and stuff so i'm really enjoying it i got it for 
I think a pretty good sale. It was like ten or fifteen bucks, maybe something like that on Switch. I don't know if I I would if you're into 2D platformers, I would recommend playing it because it's a good time. And then I still haven't. What was that game that you sent me, AJ? That I'm most certainly gonna buy. Oh my gosh, I uh, have no idea. Um, Radical. Oh man, I can't think of it, but I'll I'll get there and we'll I will probably buy that game and play it next. Yeah. Cracked me up. It has Duke Nukem in it as a playable character. Yeah. How did they no get way. that? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know, but it it looked kind of Rad Rogers. Is that what it is? Rad something. Yeah. Rad something. I don't know. Anyway, that's what I'm playing right now. So. Yep. Rad Rogers. Yeah. So <laughs> I look forward to talking about that. Please be excited to talk about that next week. Please be excited. Um, yeah. Well, you guys ready to talk about some news? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Uh, let's start with the Ubisoft Forward, which was on Sunday, the 12th. Um, we got a milieu of games that we kind of already knew about, I guess. We pulled a few articles, one from Katie McCarthy over at US Gamer with a recap, and uh, Far Cry 6 had been spoiled a day or two beforehand. So we weren't really too surprised, but we got a more detailed trailer. And I thought that game looked sweet. I'm also pretty sure that little kid is uh, Voss from Far Cry 3. The setting in all of the Far Cry game trailers, they always sell it so well. And I think that's like the uniform takeaway from this whole Ubisoft Forward event was like each of these trailers like made me be like, oh, do I need to start playing that game? Like <laughs> I haven't touched an Assassin's Creed game since Assassin's Creed 2. But what they showed off of Valhalla had me being like, dang, that looks pretty legit. And I'm actually really, like, really, really, really intrigued by Watchdog Legion. Watchdogs oh, Legion. Yeah. Um, if if it really, like, when I first heard of that game and they were talking about, like, this idea of being able to take over any NPC as a playable character, I was like, I don't see how that's, like, that exciting. But then it's awe-inspiring to be like each of these characters that's populating this world supposedly has like a whole unique backstory and like different skills and traits and things like that. Like that's starting to get into like creating virtual reality level of it's the stuff. matrix. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so I, I almost want to check it out just to like explore how far it takes that. It just seems fascinating. What stood out to you, AJ? Well, I I think of, I guess, the three main ones that we're talking about, uh, Far Cry, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and Watch Dogs Legions. Watch Dogs is probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. But that Far Cry 6 trailer had me, like, jaw-dropped. Like, when he handed the kid the grenade and pulled the thing, I was like, yeah. what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah, like, yeah that was pretty dude, up. could you imagine if your dad did that? Oh my god! <laughs> no, no, I can't. Jeez. So the... yeah, that that one. If it wasn't for my, I'm one of those people that you hear on all of the podcasts that have a little bit of Far Cry fatigue. Um, I did. I played Far Cry Five, enjoyed it thoroughly, um, and then I picked up that Far Cry. I think they call it New Dawn. Yeah, New Dawn. And I played it for like 10 minutes and I put it down and I never went back to it because I got distracted by something else. So I should go back to it, but I don't know. 
if I can't finish that and then there's another Far Cry coming. Yeah. But it looks so cool. Yeah. I just bought and downloaded Far Cry 3 on PS4 because when they released 5, if you got like the special edition, you there was a remake of oh, yeah. uh, Far Cry 3, kind of like they did that. with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You got If you bought the deluxe version, you got Assassin's Creed 3 remastered or whatever. And it's three bucks right now on PSN. So if you're out there and want to check it out, it's that's by far the best Far Cry three or Fry, Far Cry game. Yeah. But, if you want to borrow New Dawn, I can lend it to you. Um, I have a physical. I've already played it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I don't know. It's a little semi like not obscure yeah. game, but like side game. <laughs> yeah, those, Far Cry is like right in my wheelhouse of games that I love. It's just like. I don't know. I can't really come. It's like bad fast food. It's just like So do you like think good. it's worth me picking it up again? New Dawn? Not I, no, playing I it again? Okay. No. <laughs> I, I was excited because Far Cry 3 was like three bucks on there. And I saw that trailer and got excited about Far Cry 6. And I'm stoked because those games are right in my wheelhouse. And Chris, you have such a good point about their trailers. The way that they cut them are because I'm re- reminded of trailers from far cry 5 and the way that they cut them just makes you eager to see what the hell is going on in that world and in far cry 5 i in my opinion the story didn't really play out not that it didn't play out the way i really wanted it to it just wasn't really terribly interesting so i'm anxious to see and i think that feedback came from a lot of people so i'm anxious to see how they kind of redeem themselves with far cry 6 so yeah, definitely. And I, I think like that just says they do a great job of picking the settings for these places, like these games yeah. and like building out an intriguing place to explore, which is a big part of like any of these open world games that they kind of have started specializing in over the years. Yeah. But I'm bummed to hear that the story didn't seal the deal in five for you. Yeah. Did you play it? No, I the oh. so I actually remembered the only the only Far Cry game that I ever checked out was Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon and I got oh, probably yeah. like 30 minutes to an hour into it uh and then kind of set it aside and and got sidetracked with something else but the aesthetics of that game and the you know the soundtrack and the whole vibe of it yeah. like was just definitely rad and the gameplay is very fun like the that is like some very fluid fps gameplay in a way that i yeah don't get a lot coming from like the halo school of things for sure and i i think ubisoft has a sale going on across all platforms right now because the uh far cry 3 things also on sale on steam and they had blood dragon on there which made me think maybe they have blood dragon remastered on ps4 but that's apparently not a thing unfortunately because i i'd never played that but i heard it was badass so and yeah i don't know I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't terribly... I mean, we'll see. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, they just didn't really show anything we didn't already know was coming. So I guess I wasn't really that blown away, except for the Far Cry 6 trailer. So well, It's like tough to be super enthused about like showing off the games that we already knew were going to be there and not having anything new when all of the news surrounding Ubisoft right now is that toxic workplace culture. Yeah. Um, which was yeah. going to be my transition to this story by Vicky Blake at Eurogamer about how Great three segue. three more of the top executives from Ubisoft have resigned 
as they're continuing to push forward on trying to kind of right the wrongs of their their work environment. And I think it's really hard to, you know, do the the marketing hype build up episode of around around this, you know, ostensibly like commercial uh, and not kind of also say, on the other hand, like they need to be held accountable for what they allowed to go on there for a long time. So that's the main reason I wanted to bring it up is is because it, it did kind of put a sour taste in my mouth while watching that event. It yeah. felt dissonant. The games do kind of speak for themselves and in, in that they are able to get me interested despite that. Yeah, and they, I mean, they're getting a lot of pushback from the people like in the industry of for the fact that they didn't show anything at the beginning or any at any time during that presentation regarding the accusations towards these people and the fact that these people step down and whatnot and it's not like you know sm- like you said it's not small time people like they're head of hr of the entire ubisoft company which is a massive company by the way like it's global in a true sense they have like a studio on every single continent except antarctica so it's a huge company and the fact that they just kind of didn't say anything about that at all or even give any notice to it kind of is getting some pushback. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I feel for the employees who went through that stuff and the ones trying to, as Chris was alluding to, uh, it's got to be a tough needle to thread to try to market and be positive about something at the same time as all this is happening. So yeah, I guess I... I feel for all the people who are working there and I hope that Ubisoft finds a way to keep it inclusive and make it better. Yeah. It's a good chance for them to turn a corner and, and I, it looks like they're taking the steps to do it. So I've got my fingers crossed for them. Yeah, man. I think it's hard, always hard to mix that. Like I don't, from a business standpoint, I understand why they don't put that in a presentation because, you know, probably 75% or more of the people watching it or watching the highlights of it don't know anything about what's going on on the like inside of the industry you know so it gives them bad publicity to even mention it but i'm not saying it's okay that they didn't do it i just see their perspective on it i guess that's my two take or two cents anyway um lastly on you have the skull and bones if anybody's been wondering where the hell that game went which i don't know man i don't know about you guys but with uh what's the game sea of thieves out I don't yeah. know who the hell's asking for more fucking pirate games, but apparently there's people out there, and apparently it's been rebooted. Dude, after this podcast recording, I'm going to play Sea of Thieves with Gucci Pucci because he bought a PC and got Game Pass, so... Nice. I, I'm going to go play Sea of Thieves with a friend for the first time ever. Cool. Yeah, you, awesome. How many, have you put a lot of hours into it, or you're digging no, it? No, all, all I've done so far is, like, get on my ship, and I tried to, like go to an island and get some treasure but then i ran into like a huge ship on the way and i killed it somehow and then i crashed into some rocks and sunk my ship like i didn't realize my ship was sinking until too late and i was like trying to bail the water out and like patch up the holes because it's a cool mechanic you have to like use boards to patch up the holes and then bail the water out with a bucket (laughs) and it's like really intense because your ship's sinking and like so yeah, yeah i guess I don't think the world needs another pirate game, but I'm completely for it. I'm not against pirate games. I love pirate games. Yeah, I'm I'm not anti-pirate games. I just, (laughs) I'm interested, kind of like with the GTA Online, there's just such a 
population of gamers out there that I don't identify with other than the fact that we both enjoy gaming and they Mm -hmm. like something completely different from what I do, which is totally cool. But um, Chris, how about you? I'm curious to see how it turns out. I think they're pivoting to make it a live service game. So it would be like directly competing (laughs) with Sea of Thieves in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I I don't know. Less cartoony maybe. I know people were really excited about it because of Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag had like the great ship mechanics and that was kind of what they were building it based off of. So I'm wondering how much of that they'll keep. I I don't know. It's kind of a mystery box to me. It, It also kind of points to like how it feels weird to be like, where's Gods and Monsters? Where is Sea, you know, oh, sorry, not Sea of Thieves. Uh, <laughs> where is Skull and Bones? Uh, it's hard yeah. to keep track. And like, you know, there's kind of these like question mark games of theirs. And then the ones that were there, we all knew were coming because they got leaked. So it's kind of a weird situation to be put in. Yeah. And at the end, they did announce that there is going to be uh, another Ubisoft forward at some time this summer. I don't think they announced the date, but. I anticipate we'll probably see more of those games that you're talking about at that time, probably, is my guess. You would hope. Another thing we saw last week was, in the absence of E3, uh, Devolver had a direct showcasing their games for this upcoming year in 2021, which Devolver always does this. They They aren't actually at E3. They're off site there, and they always do like a basically a video or whatever and it's always very fucked up i think this it's like episodes because i think the episodic nature of it has been carried on for like the last four years so if you watch this year's and you haven't watched the last three years you have no fucking clue what's happening other than seeing the game trailers which is kind of weird but (laughs) uh did you guys have a chance to check this out devolver by the way is just quickly becoming one of my absolute favorite developers or and publishers by the way with what they come out with i did get a chance to watch this i kind of scrubbed through the video so i only saw some of the weird like metaverse stuff that was going on (laughs) with all of the uh self-referential and like very like weird industry skewering that they were doing throughout i did scrub through to see the sonic fox cameo um and uh, i believe shuhei and phil uh both came and and had a chance to be a part of it um oh, nice. sony and microsoft each um but there were a couple of games in this that like really really stood out to me as cool um Olegia, i think looks like a really really great 8-bit like action platformer it reminded me of sword and sorcery that game that came out on the ipad if either of you ever played that and the other game that really stood out was carrion which is a game where you're an alien on a spaceship that has all these tendrils and tentacles and is just going around and like mercilessly, brutally attacking people on this spaceship (laughs) and like possesses them. And it's really disgusting. Um, But it looks like you're the bad guy, right? Yeah. It looks kind of 16 bitty. 16 bitty sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds plus or or minus one bit. Um, But both of those are, are kind of like side scrolling games. I got, a little bit of like Metroid vibes from carry on. I'm interested in seeing how it turns out. Um, but having it come to switch, like looks like a really good fit for that. Um, yeah. And did it's I, a week from tomorrow, by the way, it comes out or as we're recording this a week from tomorrow. So the 23rd. 
Yeah, it's way a lot of the release dates for the stuff that they showed off are like in the next few months, which I thought was like really awesome. Yeah, I love a nice that kind man. Of breath of fresh air uh, to be like, yeah, and you'll be playing this like really soon. Um, the one other thing that really stood out to me was that they created a simulator. Uh, this Devolverland Expo game that they yeah. put out for free on Steam. That's basically like, have you always wanted to go eat, go to E3, but now a pandemic has canceled it? We made <laughs> fake E3 for you. And I was like, dang, I bet my computer can't run that game, but I would definitely have checked it out otherwise. Oh, you didn't? Okay, I'll download it. And ch- I just heard about it today, so I'll download it and check it out and uh, let you know my thoughts on it, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I heard it's pretty cool, man. I await your review uh, yeah. of Devolverland Expo. Um, anyways, AJ, did anything stand out for you in this? I actually haven't had a chance to, to watch it yet, but I will say that Devolver is one of my favorite developers as well. They did uh, Gree, which was like one of my favorite games of 2018. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a pretty big fan of them too. I'll have to get around to checking it out, but uh, I'm excited. Dude, what I like about them is despite their like kind of slapstick nature in the way that they handle like their press and stuff and just kind of their demeanor in general they come out with or at least published games like gree like you're talking about that are a little bit more like art pieces and stuff like that so it's not like they're just about stupid slapstick humor they actually like give a shit about gamers and developers and putting out cool work that they want people to say see so I thought Shadow Warrior 3, as somebody who doesn't really like first-person shooters a ton, but I thought this one looked very distinct, both in the art style and the play style. And it just has a short, very quick action trailer, but I, it's very colorful. It takes place in, like, Japan, I'm guessing, based on what the scenes look like in the trailer that I watched. But, all the, I mean, most of these games, I think, look pretty, definitely playable, let me put it that way by john swanson you heard it here first <laughs> by the way we pulled those trailers and those games not only from the devolver direct but from a article by joe scrabbles at ign and then we got the went went that we'll cover quickly before we let y'all go here but stadia also had a connect to astounding fanfare you know i know about i don't know about you guys but i called in sick to work so i could watch <laughs> it just kidding i didn't really do that because we didn't anticipate much, and guess what? We didn't get much, so... It's true. What stands out? What, what the fuck are they doing, man? Well, I, I'm a little bit of a bigger fan of Stadia than you are. They got me for another month, because I missed my cancellation. <laughs> Just, you know you know how that goes. You always pay for one yeah. before yep. you cancel your subscription. So I still technically have Pro till the end of this month. I did cancel it. So I'm interested to see how it how it runs once the subscription runs out, if I n- notice any difference or not. But I didn't really realize how much of a, a wah-wah, to quote John here, it actually was. Because they literally were just like, we're going to have five exclusives. And then just left it at that. <laughs> like, on the, what do you mean, on the connect or what? Yeah, well, like, according to this article... Written by Wesley Yinpool. It says Google has announced 16 new games coming to streaming service Stadia, including five exclusives. And oh, then it goes yeah. on to and then it goes on to say the developers who are developing these games, um, including Harmonix, who made Rock Band, Uppercut Games, who made City of Brass, and Supermassive Games, who made Until Dawn. But it didn't say what the games that they're working on are. 
or anything like that. So yeah, it's still pretty wah wah. The only thing I will say that is kind of cool that I noticed is that Dead by Daylight is going to be cross-play on all platforms, and I'm not sure if there's another cross-platform Stadia game or not. Uh, I'd have to research, but I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know either. Is Fortnite on Stadia? No, because it's the on only, Epic Game weird. Store or whatever. The only platform that it's not on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You can play that thing like, I think I have it on my Apple Watch, but... No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> Dude, I wouldn't I mean. be surprised if you did. <laughs> I know, right? So the only one that they announced yesterday or whenever this was, it was I think it was this weekend too. Seven oh no, it was yesterday, I guess. The only thing they announced that was a quote unquote exclusive is Super Bomberman R online, which is supposed to be kind of a battle royale ish type of Bomberman game. It's actually at least according to this article it's just coming to Stadia first. It's like a, a timed exclusive oh, yeah. or whatever. So yeah, I don't know yeah. how long, but it will be on other things. It doesn't say what. I have a feeling that's going to be the story with most of the games coming from developers that they don't own as a first party. Because like Supermassive, I don't think... Does Google own Supermassive? Or are they just... I mean, <sighs> I guess I don't know, but it just seems strange to think that a super massive game is only going to be on stadia yeah but point. you know it's it's certainly possible it's just i think they should have thought about all this shit before they went live last year or whatever like it's just kind of ridiculous that they're like oh we're gonna go live and then we're gonna buy studios and have them <laughs> develop games for us which doesn't take long only just like four or five years don't worry <laughs> chris did you see anything that stood out to you with that or do you have any thoughts on stadia so- Having not used Stadia yet, who knows if I ever will. First of all, anytime there's a Harmonix exclusive somewhere, it does like cut deep for me because I loved Guitar Hero and Rock Band so much. Did you ever play Frequency or Amplitude? I think I checked out the demo for like the remake of Amplitude, but I did not get to spend as much time with those games, even though I've heard they're incredible. They Um, are great, but I hear you on the other two. Um, and so to see that they have a game coming, like that sounds really intriguing. Um, and there were a couple of things that I picked up on, like, I guess they're finally going forward with the ability to just send a link out and like jump into a game, um, as the same way you would send like a link to a YouTube video or whatever, which I think is like a big part of the sales pitch for Stadia that they didn't have at launch from my understanding. So it's cool to see that getting brought back up. And then the fact that Sekiro Shadows Die Twice (laughs) is going to be on stadia like um aj in your experience with it like does stadia run well enough to play a game that is that timing demanding i didn't even think about that like half the time (laughs) oh gosh no so yeah you lose your frames because i i play nba which is a very fluid game and it does catch every little bit so i could i couldn't imagine because when you're like driving the basketball to the hoop, you have time if it like glitches a couple times to figure stuff out. But if you're fighting a boss or something, I couldn't imagine how frustrating that would be trying to dodge and getting hit. And yeah, I just having played that game, and I'm not very good at Soulsy type games anyway. But the need for well time parrying in that game would, mm-hmm. in my mind, preclude you from using it on a stream service like Stadia. But mm-hmm. there's also a little bit here on that same article. AJ, you were referencing about them not paying devs enough, which oh is it came out. I think Google and 
Apple Games or whatever they call it. Apple Arcade. I think those launched around the same time, and I think they're kind of competing for that same kind of bucket of devs, maybe. And I've heard Google, or Apple at least, is paying them pretty well. So that might be another reason they're lagging behind. Speaking of that bucket of devs, that brings us to our listener writing question. (laughs) Nice. I like it. On that note, we should move on to the mostly normal question. Guys, what food have you never eaten but would really like to try? Mm. I'll go first because I I found the question and I've already thought about it a little bit. Uh, The first thing I'd really like to try is Kobe beef, Kobe beef, like the real stuff from Japan. Yeah. Because I think that that would be amazing. (laughs) And the other thing is I've never... So or so far in my life, I have not been to a Michelin star restaurant, and I would like to go to a Michelin star restaurant. Um, I guess it doesn't even really matter what kind. I just would like to try food from a Michelin star restaurant. I didn't even know that was a thing. What do you mean you didn't know that was a thing? Haven't you ever Michelin watched Food star Channel? Restaurant. It's Michelin, isn't it? Not it's Michelin, like the Michelin man. Am I like, saying like it right? Tires. Yeah. No, I, I'm sure you're saying it right. I don't know. Now I'm guess, second-guessing myself. <laughs> Chris, you got anything off the top of your head? Definitely. I I don't <laughs> I found this question to be really troubling because foods that I haven't tried are usually things that I maybe don't want to try. Um, but I am intrigued by like fried bugs for some reason. Mm-mm. And so my brain is going to like if bug snacks is a huge oh hit. Oh my god, I was do I need that. to snack on some like crickets or something while playing bug snacks so you can have bug snacks while you play bug no, snacks. Chris, you'll have to eat some crickets like during the podcast and I don't know it's audio only but it'll be like crunch crunch <laughs> meat and crickets. Gross. Because <laughs> there are crickets when no one writes in to the podcast. And, and for the record, it is, it, it's, it's, the, it's a Michelin star. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right but it is a thing. <laughs> No, I believed you. It's just I find it. It's just kind of funny because that's like also the name of uh, tires. Yeah, the puffy guy. Weird. Yeah. The other answer that I have to this is like if I was a braver eater, and I I'm getting better about things like this, but I'm not quite there yet. Um, I've heard lengua tacos are like incredible, but that I have heard that too. What is it? Is like it is beef tongue. Um, oh so spanish spanish for tongue is la lengua um, okay and so i have a coworker who just swears like it is like very very much a part of like mexican culture to have lengua tacos and they're supposed to be incredibly good if they're cooked correctly and prepared correctly but i just like if i didn't know that it was a lengua taco and i ate it and i was like that's really good and then afterwards someone told me i'd be like it's okay it's worth it <laughs> So that's where I'm at with that. I can imagine like any any kind of meat stewed for like eight hours and spices has got to be all right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I get. Have you guys had Rocky Mountain oysters? Like, do you know what those are? No, I'm not an oyster uh, guy. That's like one of the few. It's not oysters. It's not oysters. It's bull oh, testicles. Oh no, you're right. I'm. I, you're right. I haven't had those either. Yeah, my. Uh, stepdad tricked me into eating them when we were on a college visit in oh, uh, Colorado, and 
They're actually really good, but uh, no way. Yeah, if you can get past the that part, but ew. I, ew. I'm looking <laughs> stuff up, and there's some gross food out there, y'all. Um, I think I've actually I'm looking here at the 50 weirdest foods from around the world at Ho- Hostel World <laughs> is the website, and I think out of all of these, I think Southern Fried Rattlesnake would probably be okay. I'm not against eating a snake. Sounds pretty decent. I just finished Snake Eater on my Vita recently, so. I ate bear once. I think that's the weirdest thing I've eaten. I had a questionable burger in Morocco that I don't, I'm not really sure what it was. I don't know. Dog and cat are on this list, dude, so it could be either of those. I don't think so. But But my boring answer, (laughs) my boring answer is Nutella because I've never had Nutella. And everybody says it's delicious. Dude, you should just never eat it at this point. It's so overrated in your mind that you're just going to be like, what, this is just chocolate peanut butter, I guess. Yeah, that's. I've heard it's pretty great, but it's also not very good for you. So It is uh, a delicacy. It's like yeah. a very, very good treat. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not very good at thinking these things off the top of my head, but anyway, yeah. there it is. Well, everybody, that does it for our show today. Thank you, listeners, so much for joining the podcast this week. John, can you let the people know where they can find you on those internets? Yeah, man, at Johnny Sampsonite. Chris, what about you? You can find my thoughts and retweets about video games at VG Occasion on Twitter. Awesome. Well, once again, if you want to contribute to the content, you can send emails to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Follow us on Twitter at MNGamersPodcast. Sign up for our emailing list at mostlynormalgamers.com. That's where Chris is going to write a monthly editorial that I'm going to contribute to because I have lots of opinions about games. Me too. And a- <laughs> AJ, don't forget to let everyone know where they can find you because it's, it's not true. in the run of show. You can find me at AJ underscore ID. That's E-I-D-E. That is it for our show today. Now, go play some games. Bye. Bye. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>